Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Tuesday to all you guys out there listening. We've got all your action from a very, very long Martin Luther King Monday around the NBA. Just a ton of games, Trey. Honestly, it felt like reminiscent of times during the bubble today. Yeah, I mean. Games all day. Started in the morning. Honestly, I prefer my basketball at starting at noon. I know people got to work. But just getting that early start and just kind of like having the option to turn a game on and check it out, I think that's just like it feeds the junkie of if you're if you're a you know a basketball fiend like that, and if you're not, you can catch a late game that really grabs your interest. Yeah, all weekends and holidays should have a noon start game, right? Yes, just absolutely. Do them all day. Yep, I'm with that. Quit stacking them up. Well, I'm, of course, Dave DeFore. That is, of course, Trevon Edwards. we got Brian Smith producing the show behind the scenes, making sure we sound great. Guys, before we get started with the show, go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. Sign up. $3.99 a month. Very simple to do. Very cheap. Less than a cup of coffee every month. You get this podcast advertising free. You get all of our other podcasts. No ads. It's great. Of course, our writing over at The Athletic has no ads ever. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding now. Sign up for $3.99 a month. Coming up on today's show, Phoenix and Memphis are both a lot of fun, and they had a great game tonight. But first, Trey, man, we have our first big test for the new Brooklyn Nets with James Harden and Kevin Durant, and it went pretty well for them. The Milwaukee Bucks were in town, and they lost. The Nets beat them 125-123 on the back of a Kevin Durant go-ahead three-pointer with about 36 seconds left. James Harden put up 34-12 in this game. Durant had 30-9. Trey, when I'm watching this game against the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the best defenses in the league, I was struck by how freaking easy James Harden and Kevin Durant are making this look. When you really think about it, they're either one or two or maybe three best scorers in this game that we've seen in the past five years, maybe the past decade, and can get a bucket whenever they want. You have to think about James Harden has not practiced with the Brooklyn Nets yet, and he's capable of scoring this amount of points in this lack of preparation. You know what I mean? And you have to respect that. So, you know, you you mentioned the big shot. You know what I mean? James Harden mentioned at the end of the game that, you know, Kevin being able to knock that shot down was big time, and that's what it is. It's big-time basketball when you think of those two. Easily a great one-two punch, and they get to add Kyrie Irving on Wednesday. This was a big-time game, by the way. I don't want to make it look like – I mean, it was close. Kevin Durant hits that go-ahead three late. There were 19 lead changes in this game. It was back and forth. Brooklyn took a nice little lead toward the end of the third, and Milwaukee came back. And I honestly thought Milwaukee was going to pull this out somehow. But you just, you know, Kevin Durant walking into a three like that kind of deserved the loss. Yeah, I mean, that's just personnel stuff. But, I mean, you can, you you have to overcommit, especially in Well, it's what they do, though, yeah, Trey. Yep, exactly. That's what they do. They let these guys walk into threes. And, and I'm sorry, but look, you can't treat Kevin Durant the same way you treat everyone else. The numbers are different when it's Kevin Durant pulling the trigger. That's a layup. But, I mean, again, it was like a heavyweight fight. You mentioned the lead changes and things of going back and forth. It was Peter and the chicken on Family Guy. Like, these guys were just, you know— they would get a bucket, a blown assignment here, a blown assignment there. Somebody's knocking it down, an extra swing. Joe Harris knocking it down there. Chris Middleton making a shot there. You know what I mean? Like, and it was for the the fan probably one of the most exciting games we've seen this season. You know what I mean? Competitive wise, I agree. Well, and it's Marquee, right? It's Giannis. It's Kevin Durant. It's James Harden. It's 
Drew Holiday. It's Chris Middleton. You know, like there's a lot of really good players in this game. And so like if you're Milwaukee, you have to say, look, Brooklyn's not at full strength. This is not the team they're going to be in the playoffs. They're likely to add players that can help them. If you're Milwaukee, you have to feel kind of screwed. In the words of James Harden, scary hours. Just because it really is scary hours, dude. These dudes, <laughs> it really is. At any point in time, this is the thing. And 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 uh, C.J. McCollum mentioned it. Kevin Durant is not missing shots because of good defense. He is missing shots because he's missing shots. You know what I mean? Like it's just a small rollout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's something that way. It's a chair drill out there for him. Not anyone can stop him. When it comes to James Harden, you can't stop him. You can hope to contain. But now adding Kevin Durant as his teammate, he can just, you know, get to where he is, draw three, and pass. I call it Uno. <laughs> I call it Uno when he drives because <laughs> you're drawing you drawing two or three whenever he drives and gets to that paint and he's finding a shooter that's available. I love it's it. going the other way. You know what I mean? And this is exciting basketball, especially I know as a Bucks fan, you groan and you want your team to be on top on that end. But if you're on the Brooklyn Nets side or just you know, anybody just watching basketball, this is lovely because down the line when we look at it in May and June, these games are going to be so fun to watch because these teams are going to be slugging at each other and they're not done building their rosters. I will say, like, we've all been questioning, how is Brooklyn going to defend? How is Brooklyn going to defend? And Seth Partnow last week on, on the emergency pod made the best point. As long as they can score one more point than the opposition – they can win, and they're going to be able to do that a ton. But the defense in this game tonight I thought was interesting. There were a lot of times down the stretch where DeAndre Jordan is the guy who's guarding Giannis, and the Bucks did not adjust at all. They didn't do anything different. They basically just, you know, have Giannis up at the top of the key trying to initiate, and DeAndre Jordan just left him alone, doesn't care. That's got to change. They've got to change something in their crunch time offense or Milwaukee's toast. One thing I want to say is hats off to DeAndre Jordan. He gets just, he gets such a bad rep, you know, not being an offensive threat. That's not, it's never been his thing. He couldn't shoot free throws. He got better at free throws. He couldn't score six feet now. He's, you know, putting together things that can dunk. He never had great hands. So trying to throw alley-oops, Spencer Dinwiddie has been trying to connect with him for the past two years. And now you get James Harden, an even better passer, and he still can't connect. But tonight, he stepped up on the offensive end and the defensive end, cleaning up, eating with his hands, dunking everything, and then also doing a decent job on Giannis. And yes, Coach Bud didn't make those calls to get Giannis the ball and take advantage of that matchup. And that's where, you know, those are the games that they dropped that they probably could have won. But, you know, hats off to DeAndre Jordan doing what's best for him. And, you know, most people think that, they should make a trade or they need to do a buyout pickup and, and, and sign someone to, to get a new five in there that can actually contribute. And I think that he's going to only improve as much as, you know, James Harden and those guys get some real practice and together and get a real flow with that unit. Because you, you got to think about it, the fluctuation and, you know, Jared Allen being there and now that you got Perry, you know, getting some heavy minutes. Those are the things that you have to incorporate. DeAndre Jordan's never going to have a, easier time offensively than he's got when he's out there with James Harden and Kevin Durant, right? Like the defense is always going to leave him alone and he's just going to be able to catch lobs. And we, we saw that a few times tonight. James Harden's going to find DeAndre Jordan as a role man. I'm worried about the defense when we start getting into the games that actually matter. But for now, I, I think that they're going to be more than fine. 
I've been reminiscing a lot because to me, it's fun to have those OKC guys together again. You know, Jeff Green, James Harden, Kevin Durant, you know, the big three from the OKC days. I think that they were reminiscing a little bit about this in the uh, the post-game comments, Trey. Yeah, so James Harden was asked, you know, about having a couple games now playing with Kevin Durant and, you know, what was the relationship? And he said, well, we were young in Oklahoma City and we're men now. And KD also was asked a similar question. And he said the difference in the synergy between me and James now, we've played in game sevens. We've, you know, played these games that really mattered. And the difference between that is we have better IQ. We've become smarter basketball players in the decision-making. And, you know, overall, when you think about all these things of that nature, they're both challenging each other. And you got to think about it. James Harden has yet to practice with his team. So one of the quotes that he said was, I'm excited to practice honestly to get better and to learn. So he's willing. In game one, you even seen James against Orlando attempting to play defense, which he gets a bad rep for. And he was attempting to play defense. So I think he is bought into what Coach Nash and, you know, his staff has going on. And then also trusting his teammates to believe that this is a championship or bus team. I don't know about that. I think it's uh first week on the job at a new place. We'll see how we'll see if we're all feeling the same way come uh, March and April. The other game that we wanted to talk about was Phoenix and Memphis. Can we still call Phoenix young? I mean, they are young, but adding Chris Paul kind of makes them a little bit older. I don't know, Trey. Do you have a ruling on that? They're young-ish. <laughs> They're not young. Okay? Their core is young. Some of their guys are, you know, up there. They're seasoned. Chris Paul makes the average age 29 years old. Okay, they're seasoned. They're, uh, well, they seasoned. lost to Memphis. <laughs> they lost to Memphis 108-104. This is somehow the fifth straight win for the Grizzlies. John Morant looked pretty good, had 17 points, 10 assists. I didn't expect much out of Memphis when, when Ja went down with that ankle injury. I wasn't even sure when he was going to come back. I mean, he got back incredibly fast from what looked like a really awful ankle sprain. But Memphis is finding ways to win games lately. And I'm not sure I can figure it out. Is it just, are they just out scrapping everybody? Absolutely. There was a play or two that the rebounds weren't boxed out and they were secured. And, you know, John Morant is tough. Like, his kid can go. Like, he reminds me, like I said, he's John Morant, and I don't want to compare him to anybody. But certain flashes tonight, I've seen Allen Iverson. Just the ability to get to the basket and score and to create for others and just for his size and the way he does things. And and you know what I mean? And his other teammates contributing, like Grayson Allen knocked down a big shot. And, you know, he already knew as soon as it left his hand that it was money. Or, you know what I mean, like securing a board and, 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 and making sure that everything, you know, they wanted it a little bit more. Like Tyus Jones attacking Devin Booker, and Devin Booker couldn't stay in front of him. And, you know, Chris Paul, the late turnover at the end with the charging call. Those things played effect that the game was that close. You know what I mean? I do feel that Phoenix is the better team, but Memphis wants it more, and they're they're continuing to embody what Taylor Jenkins has created. I don't think they're grit and grind, but they're something close to what Memphis basketball is supposed to represent. They did a good job of guarding Devin Booker in this game. They, they kept him to 12 points. Grayson Allen 
guarded him for a lot of the game. It was one of the better defensive games I've seen from Grayson Allen this season. But when you were talking about Ja Morant, I couldn't help but think during this game how much he was reminding me of Chris Paul. You mentioned the charge that he drew late, and then he found Grayson Allen for that three. I mean, that's kind of like that Chris Paul end-of-game stuff where he's just finding ways to win now. This is sort of the next step for John Morant, right? Like, we know he has the talent. Like, we know he's a foundational star for this team. And now he's turning that into winning games where they likely shouldn't have won. Like, on paper, they don't have the talent that Phoenix has. Yeah, I mean, they don't have Jaron Jackson. You know, Kyle Anderson has been playing great for them. You have to look at it in the scenario of, like, Ja just wants to win. You know, and I still think that he was the best guy selected out of that draft. And he's going to continue to prove it. And like you said, the scrappiness may be so Chris Paul. But I do think that he doesn't have the mid-range game like Chris Paul. And certain things that you can take away to kind of compare those two. But yes, he does whatever it takes to win. So I, I will back you on that statement. And they wanted it more. You know what I mean? Even when the game was close and Phoenix had another shot where a three was made and they were down three and they had an intentional foul. They didn't have any sense of urgency, and I knew that game was going to be dropped by them. Well, a little bit of news today, Trey. You know, I don't want to make light of this because this is a a young player's career, but Kevin Porter Jr., according to our own Joe Varden, Kelsey Russo, and Sham Sharani, a a report at TheAthletic.com, Kevin Porter Jr. is likely to be released or traded by the Cleveland Cavaliers after an outburst within the team facility where he – allegedly through some type of food during a heated moment where he found out that, you know, he didn't really have his locker from last season and that maybe his spot in the rotation is not exactly secure. I don't want to get into that stuff because I don't have anything to add to the awesome reporting. It's over at theathletic.com. But Trey, I wanted to ask you since I had you here, if you were really mad at someone, what food item would you choose to throw? Because I've got some ideas here, and I do think it's funny that that Cleveland has this food-throwing issue, and I'm wondering if they need to do – maybe they need to, I don't know, attach the the bowls or the plates to the tray. I I don't know how they're going to work that out. But they've got a food-throwing problem in Cleveland. (laughs) Man, you know, the Vinogram, JR, Kevin Pointer Jr., they meet at JR. Great. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as throwing food, since I don't like olives, I would throw olives. <laughs> throw olives. See, to me, the funniest thing you could do is throw a bowl of Jello. Jello would be messy. Well, you'd silly. Who's eating a bowl of Jello after the age of like I don't know nine? Nobody. So if you could throw a bowl of Jello at somebody, it's funny. Let's be realistic and think about post-game food. I bet with a cheeseburger, you could you could probably get that thing up to about 65 miles an hour before it starts to fall apart. I'm going to say a tray of salad. <laughs> Some mixed greens, if you will. Mixed greens, for sure. Let's look around the league a little bit. Uh, the Heat beat the Pistons 113-107 quietly, Trey. The Heat have struggled a little bit. They're starting to find their footing. Won a couple of games in a row now. Bam Adebayo had 28 points. Starting to look really, really good again. His little mid-range jumper is scary. Yeah, I mean, he's going to continue to get better. His upside is just there. It's, you know, I think they got him on a steal. <laughs> I mean, they paid him, but I think they got him on a steal. He's going to be good for a very long time if he can remain healthy. Sky's the limit for what they can do over there because he's one of their type of guys. He's a heat culture guy, 
and is going to do what he needs to do as long as Coach Spo challenges him. So I'm a big fan for Bam. Well, speaking of doing what you need to do, Victor Oladipo scored 32 points in his first game as a Houston Rocket, but they lost to Chicago because Zach Levine scored 33. Nine points in the last few minutes, sealed the deal. Is Zach Levine a guy that you think teams should start calling about? Like, is he a guy who could be a third star on the team? I mean, I think this is the year that Zach Levine possibly could be an all-star. He's playing extremely well. He had a chance. He flirted with it last year. Scoring, he's always been a great scorer in his career. I always question his decision making sometimes. You know, I think that he's very talented, and sometimes the IQ kind of goes out the window. Um, and they had a specific situation between Denzel Valentine and him where they kind of mixed and crossed lanes and brought the defender to him while he was trying to shoot. But on the positive side, they got the win, and as long as he can score baskets and continue to lead the Bulls to victory. Hopefully they can keep him in Chicago, but, you know, for teams that's looking for a slasher that can get you about 25 points a night, he reminds me of Oladipo in Orlando. Just like Alfred Payton, I'm not satisfied. The Knicks beat the Magic. 91-84. The Knicks are fun, Trey. Admit it. Julius Randle, 21-17. and Emmanuel quickly had 11. The Knicks are fun. And they're not good, but they're decent. Hey, I mean, you, you're going back on your words on, on the fun talk? They're fun. No, they're fun. They may not be good, but they are fun. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they have guys that they can plug in. And, and you know, Nick fans should be very positive about the direction they're going, whether it's taking money off the books, whether it's bringing in new blood and, and guys that actually want to play and you know, Julius Randle has been great this year and quickly and top. And, you know, Coach Tibbs have been getting the best out of these players. And then you also got guys that are just buried deep. Dennis Smith Jr., et cetera. Frankie Smokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can go down the line of guys that just are collecting checks with a ski mask on. So, still a long way to go. But not the end of the road for Knicks fans. When those certain victories that they're, they're smacking teams, be positive. Throw a parade. And our late game... I did not expect much. Uh, you know, the Lakers have just been cruising, and I mean cruising because they're hardly trying and beating everyone. Well, they were up as much as 19 in the first half of this game, and the Warriors came back and won, 115-113. They didn't take the lead for the first time in this game until a Draymond Green layup made it 110-108, and then Draymond hits another layup. He had seven points at that point, and the last four had given the Warriors a four-point lead. If that's not a perfect Draymond sort of synopsis, I don't know what else is. Kelly Oubre had a nice game, finally. He put up 23 points, hit a couple of threes, still not shooting great. I mean, two of eight from three, but the shots are still going up. Made a few of them, made some defensive plays. I, I think the Warriors are probably pretty pumped about that. But I want to talk about the Lakers a little bit because – no one would have expected them to lose this game. Bit of a down shooting night for LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, they both were 6 of 16. 19 points for LeBron. Only 5 rebounds and 5 assists. Lackadaisical effort, I thought, from the Lakers for the most part through three quarters of the game. And they were cruising. And then the Warriors kind of just turned up the gas and, and had some things go right. Which can happen when you play hard the way that they do. And that is the one thing that you can say about the Warriors. They they don't always have the best players on the court. 
but they at least play hard when they're out there. And when you do that, good stuff happens. Kelly Oubre, again, had a very nice game, and, and a lot of that was playing hard. Had a couple steals, a couple of blocks, making things happen, and catching a team, frankly, that wasn't really playing that hard off guard. And then the Lakers tried to turn up the juice at the end, and and the Warriors just had good momentum. I, I, I like the way they finished this game. And, of course, Steph Curry always puts pressure on the defense. So he opened up so much for everyone else. And Draymond Green was was just cooking. It, it was fantastic seeing them in the high pick and roll. Steph Curry giving the ball up when the blitz came. Draymond Green running the offense. I, I think that if they could find a way to get more shooters in those Steph Curry lineups, the Warriors have a shot at making those play-in games and at least being a, a scary first-round opponent if they make it into the playoffs. This Lakers-Warriors game has Trace speechless. That's going to do it for today's show, folks. Don't forget about all the other shows on the Athletic Podcast Network. You know about the Athletic NBA show. You can catch me there all over the place. You can catch Trey on Buds on Monday. Don't forget about No Dunks. Those guys are the best in the business. Shout out to them. This is 15 years that they've been doing their show. And to, to me, they are second to none. It's the best. Congratulations to them. Don't forget to check out all of our team shows and all of our other sports podcasts. We've got the Athletic NFL show. We've got the Athletic NHL show. We might have soon more big-time athletic shows. So go and check them out. And if you haven't subscribed already, go to theathletic.com slash dailyding and sign up. It's $3.99 a month. Stop waiting. Thank you guys, as always, for waking up with us. Trey, do the honors, please. Ding, ding.